Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today I have Katie Glidewell from The Blonde in Front, Linda Lerner from Movies and Shakers, and Andrea Thompson from A Reel of One's Own to talk about the movie Hollywood has made about Harvey Weinstein, and luckily they did a tasteful job. As I was corrected during the podcast, really this is a movie about the victims and not the victimizer. Uh, with this panel, I wanted to make it consistent of woman, and basically, I just sort of let them speak instead of me because I, I think they can relate to the material a little more than I can. But having said that, uh, we had a wide range of different opinions, all all of which we agreed it was a pretty good film. Uh, but it is in theaters now. If you want to see, she said. And I want to thank my sponsor, Galway Bay, located at 500 West Diversity Parkway. If you want to go to a local dive bar that has a lot of entertainment, it's your place to go to. It's the background of my site. They've been nothing but incredibly supportive of me and my show, even before it officially became a press-accredited show. Uh, but anyways, enough of bragging about that like a, like a fool. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Yes. Hi. We're from the New York Times. I believe you used to work for Harvey Weinstein. Hey guys, welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Uh, today I have a uh, film panel consisted of all female critics. Uh, Katie Glidewell is uh, the one who actually brought up the idea and she's trying to... Uh, hang on one second. I just heard like the replay from my YouTube video streaming this and it was like me repeating the things I was saying to myself. I was like, why am I hearing myself? But anyways, we have uh, three female critics right now, two until like uh, Aunt Katie can get her internet back on. But to my right, there we go. This right is Andrea Thompson. At the bottom is Linda Lerner. And there we go. And here's Katie Glidewell from the blonde in front. Andrea. Andrea writes for a, a reel of one's own, uh, Katie for Blonde in Front, and Linda works with her husband, Al, with Movies and Shakers. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on to uh, this panel on She Said. Um, so, to begin with, going around the table, uh, I think we can start with Andrea, then go to Katie, and then Linda. What are, you, what were you, what are your guys' thoughts on the, uh, on the film? Who are we, sorry, who are we starting with? Uh, you can start. I think I just go in like just in order where the boxes okay. are. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought it was a really, really excellent, um, extremely well-intentioned uh, attempt to tell a story that kind of one of those stories, like kind of like the Watergate, that really changed a generation. Mm -hmm. And it had its flaws, um, but it took a very adult non non-hysterical approach and mm -hmm. that's been out of fashion for a bit and it's kind of been rewarded with low box office returns but i think it's a very essential story in spite of its own complicity in the forces they're discussing such as we're probably going to bring up later um brad pitt is one of the producers um that's a whole new phenomenon well not a whole new phenomenon exactly but i think it's reflective of a more modern version of uh, men um, like that basically participating in, in these projects as a form of image rehab. Yeah. So yeah. all in all, good, but we have to acknowledge, 
yeah, yeah. that it has its I, own shortcomings that it shouldn't be responsible for telling this story. Yeah, I, it's weird. I like, remember I was going. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, but no, I did notice on. Sorry, uh, yeah, don't, I yeah, I I did notice on IMDb that uh, Brad Pitt uh, did produce this movie, and he well, I mean, I knew it because I saw the credits too, but also like apparently he's worked with Weinstein before, even when at the time when he was with Angelia Jolie, like begged him not to do it, but he did it anyways. Uh, when I think it was for telling them ultra too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, too, who actually, uh, Katie pointed out to me in our chat, like, I was asking her, uh, who is the other actress outside of Ashley Judd who made an appearance in the film? I was like, I believe it was um, Gwyneth Paltrow's voice, and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was, which is like, that's uh, an interesting aspect of the movie, where you're actually bringing on the real subjects with the real reporters brought on as screenwriters to tell their story, which gives it a level of authenticity, I, I thought, uh, is a little extra compared Ashley to Ashley Judd other... is the only one who actually appears, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's the one who appears on camera. And like, there was even some Rose McGowan, reason. that wasn't her voice. No, well, it wasn't. It was uh, some other yeah. actress's name, if I could pull it up. But I mean, the, the impressions were pretty good, too. They even have like a guy who impersonates... Mm -hmm. uh, harvey weinstein and it was kind of in the style of if you've ever seen election or or not an election i'm sorry uh recounts or uh the uh or the sarah palin movie by that guy i think his name's jay roach they kind of do that thing where you can only hear their voice on the phone or the radio but like the impersonation this guy does of uh Harvey Weinstein is like disturbingly on point. Like they even mix it with I, the real tape. I thought it was more it. similar to like um, the assistant that movie mm. that kind of obscures the predator they're they're discussing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Katie, what were your thoughts on the movie? I know when you said the whole time you're watching it, you couldn't help but uh, think the f word in your head a bunch of times, which they actually did point out in the movie too. Like at one point, Jody's telling Megan, Megan, all I can think is the F word, you know, I mean, I can swear on here, but yeah. All I, I mean, one of, well, yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a panel discussion and not do my review right after seeing it is because I would have probably said the word fuck as many times as um, I want to make sure I say her name, Ambra. Batalana said the word no when she had that recorded conversation with Harvey Weinstein going trying to have um, Harvey Weinstein trying to get um, her into his uh, hotel room. I lost track of how many times she said no. I lost track at 14 because I was just so enraged. And this is the yeah. actual audio that they had that he um, mm -hmm. after the smear campaign, after she went to the police and you know, they um, were able to record her and she had that evidence and they did this entire smear campaign on her and um, they paid her a million dollars for that as long as she destroyed it. Uh, it's infuriating. It angers me that this, you know, was allowed to happen, that this led, um, you know, other producers, directors, anyone in the industry, actors, there's still people that are doing it today that um, even... 
uh, you know, when the Me Too movement had come out and people were getting, you know, people were coming out and people were getting punished and actually just brought up for the crimes they committed. uh, It's like a two year shelf life, because then in 2020, it's like, oh, well, you know, that happened because here's this movie this person made and it doesn't really matter. Uh, But it should matter. And I want people to see this and I want more people to review it. And I want, you know, female journalists to review it. I want male journalists to review it. It's like I know there have been many who just feel uncomfortable. I don't care. It needs to. This is a story that needs to be told that people need to see. And we need the allyship from everyone. The fact that I mean, if Ashley just points out that she lost an endorsement deal because she quoted the president who then, you know, said nasty things and he was elected president. And you see this. And now, I mean, you know, the way fate has it three days after um, Trump announced he's going to be president again or he's going to, you know, um, be he's going to, you know, go for the nomination and run for president. Three days later, the movie comes out. It still shows that, you know, what has happened to this. I know there's still litigation or stuff going on, but it's like we need to speak up. We need, you know, to listen. I'm sick and tired of these people thinking that, oh, you know, people do this for attention or they do this for money. No one is a little girl who wants to grow up and say, you know what? I want to be known for being raped. That's really what my goal is in life. That's not what people do. And it's this like toxic mindset that has brought on this conversation and this mentality that it's like, oh, you know, these these guys couldn't be doing this or maybe they could or maybe you need to look at and, you know, face the facts of what has been happening. And I know with, you know, you're bringing up Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is one of the guys. I mean, I know there's stuff coming up now that's happening with his children, but Brad Pitt was one of the few people in the late 90s who actually told Harvey that he would kill him if he ever did anything to Gwyneth again. And yet they still did stuff with Miramax and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just infuriating, but I want, I mean, there are flaws with the film. There's a couple of scenes or at least one scene they thought was a little overacted with Lisa Bloom where they're in a board meeting and she's like, doing or the person being Lisa Bloom is doing this with their hands, which I thought was a little over dramatic and not needed. Uh, but I'm glad that the actual transcripts, the actual recordings, the actual people that this affected um, have come out and are brave enough to have their story told. And, you know, you know, in the end, as it said, 82 women came forward, but who many, how many of those you know, were silenced and how many of those had taken their own lives? Because it's not like, I mean, this when you ha- work are working and you're trying to, um, you know, make your way into this group and to have that dream of that job and that career and that life you live taken away from you. And I know people think that it's like the money, but it says in the film, like 40 percent of what um, people make, you know, I mean, it's and let me just get this. Let me just say this: the money, forty eight thousand, is not going to repair the damage that was done to you. Um, I mean, the amount any of these women had. I mean, you. It's not going to sustain them the rest of their life. Some of this may not even cover their, uh, like bills for medical or psychological. And it just angers me that it's like the immediate 
the immediate response that it's like, oh, people do this for the money. It's like no amount of money is going to take away that part of your soul that was damaged by this. And um, it's just these um, these ideas that people have had. And it's just a smear campaign that has been going on for decades that I want people to really talk about. And, um, you know, despite the flaws in the film, I want it to be seen uh, you know, similar to Spotlight and all the president's men, this is something that this is true journalism. You know, everything that they went through, all of the research, uh, knocking on doors, like talking to these women that still, after how many decades, did not have, like, just couldn't even have the words to talk uh, talk about it because it's still affecting them. This is what they. P- this is why people need to see that for all the people, all the women who couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Linda, uh, you told me this in the chat. I was like, oh my god, I know that you used to be an investigative journalist yourself. Okay. Uh, how was the movie, and how accurate was it to ex- investigative journaling? Like, well, was some of it over dramatic, or was it? Yeah, I want to go back to what Katie was saying, if you don't mind. First, of course. Yeah. Um, first of all, this is not just a Harvey Weinstein situation, because it was going on for decades and decades, ever since the movies have been made, mm-hmm. and it is still going on. There are several people who are still, besides Harvey Weinstein, who are still in court with all of this going on. So this is, not only does it have to stop, but and, and this is a good movie to show it. I didn't think, having been a, an investigator reporter, I worked for Channel 2 News, I was the assignment editor. I had to do flush out the stories before I sent out the crews to cover. I also did um, uh, uh, several pieces for, for uh uh, magazine, newspaper magazine type stuff. And one of them was finding Debbie Johnson, Fred Hampton's wife. After oh, sorry. I, who's that? That's my dog. That's nice. If I, if I go in the other room, she'll just jab more. Here's Minnie. Okay. But I had to find her. I found her and did a story way back when, when, she, when Fred Hampton's child after the raid was five years old. So I have, and I put myself um, very, you know, questionable situations in terms of, at that time, you know, meeting people in places to get the stories and so on and so forth. So I understand completely these people who were looking for a career who just wanted to be in movies so bad that they would do just about anything and not knowing how to handle it because they were so young and yeah. didn't know what to do. And I think that was a huge, you know, that's a huge problem because... There, there's a network mm-hmm. of men who know how to say things to women to make them believe that they are that important. Yeah. And so the NDAs as well. These, this NDA situation, it's it's not only Weinstein, but it's been used forever. And now we're beginning to understand that women can talk and not be punished for it. But they have to have a good lawyer. They have to have the media. They have to have a lot of other sources in order to, and support. And numbers. That was what they pointed out in the movie. We need numbers. We don't uh-huh. need one person. We need a lot of and people. And a thick skin. You know what? Mm-hmm. And a thick skin, I believe yeah. you said. Because I said, and a thick skin. Yeah, because these guys had to basically put their lives and careers on the line because, you know, just kind of like when Trump was 
uh, in, uh, harassing Stormy Daniels. He had like someone in a parking lot threaten his uh, daughter's her daughter's life or something like that. And that's kind of the fear everyone lives with. It, it kind of creates this Roman Empire sort of thing where the greedy uh, ruler is treating all of his servants like crap. And that, that sort of mentality still goes around the entertainment, not just the entertainment industry, but politics, sports, you know. And I think this is an important movie to see because it exposes this isn't just Weinstein. This is everyone. I mean, one, one structurally, one thing that was great about the film is they kind of give you a little misdirection in the beginning because they're talking about this predator. And you're thinking, oh, wow, we're talking about Weinstein already. It turns out they're talking about Trump as uh, Katie was pointing out earlier. Yeah, they made that very clear. It was so much bigger. Yeah. 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 And the I feel like there's a danger, too, um, that a lot of the women who are, you know, at least somewhat complicit, um, sometimes sometimes they're held more accountable than the men themselves. Like, there's a, there's a great book on this I recently read. It is called Complicit by Winnie M. Lee, and it... And it's from the perspective, a woman wrote it who actually did experience sexual assault and did work in the film industry. And it, it kind of, she kind of writes about the complexity of this main character who is an aspiring producer whose production company agrees to work with um, this Weinstein-like billionaire. And um, it does go into like how the women, how she was a victim too, but she was also like, she has to realize that she also was kind of a participant in this, um, and women got hurt because she didn't do enough to because she didn't do enough to protect them. Mm. So, well, there are a lot yeah, of. I feel I I feel like, mm -hmm. well, I just feel like the girl boss villain is everywhere now, and it's almost like we're trying to blame women rather than hold the people who are kind of the architects of this accountable, the main architects. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There are a lot of women who for these people. I mean, one of the problems I had with the film is we see Weinstein a little bit here and there, mm -hmm. and we don't actually see his face, which is fine. But what about all the people who worked for him who knew this was going on and didn't do anything about it? Mm -hmm. Don't even get them on. I, I wanted to see some of them on screen say, well, should I tell him that the scale is here or should mm -hmm. I tell him? Should I not? You know, for them to have that quandary of their own of, I know what he's doing. I don't want him to do it to another one. Uh, what should I do kind of thing? Because there are a lot of employees who I'm mm -hmm. sure who put in very uh, suspicious situations. Yeah. Well, structurally, I just found it interesting. Yeah, how... I was, I, yeah. Yeah. I liked how, well, I like that approach, but um, yeah, Mike, what were you going to say? Show on screen. Well, oh, I was just saying structurally it works with the whole Trump thing because you get how much bigger this thing is. And also, yeah, it's ironic, right? Mm -hmm. As I leave the theater on the phone, it says Trump runs for re-election. But it's First news good I to heard. have. I know. It was just, I hate irony like that. I just, <laughs> But it just proves how, uh, how, much the, how important this story is, but also how this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we still have a man who's running for president mm -hmm. who may have raped a 13-year-old girl. And apparently people didn't care until someone saw results and someone go to jail. I mean, that was the whole uh, 
motivation for Megan's character because her case with Trump didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Her ex expose on it, I should say. And Trump ended up winning. And it wasn't until Jody Cantor comes along to reel him back in because she said something along the lines of, I've exposed predators before. I've made the work environment a safer place to be at. It's um, at particular locations, you know, with particular people she had to deal with. And that kind of reels you into the story. But still, with all that, uh, there were some structural issues for me. Uh, I think this is the best way to go about a movie about Weinstein where it doesn't go into, you know, graphic dramatics or anything like that. It is all about the words and the victims and their names and why names matter more than numbers. Uh, But I still wonder, even after this film, is Hollywood going to change much or are they just kind of saying, oh, no, Harvey's bad and we respect your opinion and then just go back to doing whatever they want. Well, I prove that they are like, going back to doing um, what they want. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of films that were shelved because people were called out during the Me Too movement that are now coming out in 2020, 2020 2021, 2022 that are still, you know, these people that are doing this stuff now are coming back to work because like, oh, I guess we've forgotten all those horrible things you can say. And if you're saying like, you know, not the dramatic work, it's like I said with Blonde, I don't need to see someone get raped to believe that they were no. raped. Mm. And that's one of the things that I'm glad they did not do in the film. Like, there's plenty of statements. There's plenty of coercion. Go ahead. Yeah. There's more of a choice now. I feel like there's more of a need to hold people accountable because, you know, pre-2016, could any of us have imagined the kind of reckoning that these men would face? Like... You could you could say you don't you don't you didn't have a choice back then because like to use one example when when there were Woody Allen films I didn't know how to discuss his the past his allegations and now I feel like that's more of an option I can I've opted out of opted out of his film since but the fact that anyone would I would feel like anyone would care I feel like is lends a greater responsibility to us all to keep talking about these things. It's also easier now. Uh, to um, use a, a cell phone, a recorder, to be wary of those situations and have the evidence where a lot of women back then did not. And so it is, she said, mm-hmm. he said, said, and that, you know, how do you prove that? Well, and also when the women would come forward, I mean, the amount of money and resource that would be used to use as a smear campaign on them and not look at the evidence on the men should have been an obvious, you know, with any of the judicial system, but it wasn't. It's like they immediately, they would rather drop the case because of like, oh, well, you know, um, this woman was probably a prostitute. Like, what are you talking about? Like, she just said that this person did this and she has this tape for, you know, this recorded, but you're going to go with that. And then, you know, they'd rather do a payout, which then that can't be used in any sort of, um, because you have to sign the NDA and the payout. And it's all of these things that have been coming out. But I remember bringing up stuff regarding Bill Cosby and people thinking like, oh, well, these women, they just want money and all that stuff. I'm like, there's a number of women. Why are we just all of a sudden? And but thing is, it took a man's um, it took Burgess. Um, what is it? 
the comedian, something Burgess. It took him to say that during um, during a, uh, a comedy special, that that's the one that it's like actually made people like, you know, wake up to the fact of what Bill Cosby was doing. And it's like, or maybe the dozens of women that have been saying this, that should have been the point. I mean, it's, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. Like people aren't listening to us. It's like, we don't want the fame. We don't want this paycheck. That's not going to pay for my psychiatric bills for a year down the line. And then you still can't get a job. And that's the bullshit that needs to stop. I mean, along with all the harassment and the coercion and the sexual assault and all that stuff, it's like, stop trying to like, have all of these excuses of why women are doing this and maybe look at the actual men that are actually doing it. There was shame because feel that they don't want that brought upon themselves under any circumstances, no matter how bad they feel now, no matter how much it ruins their career, they don't, you know, a lot of women just don't want to even deal with it. Take, take the money and run. Yeah. Is it hard to watch a mirror max film? But some of it you can't really you can't really legislate some of this because like just to use Ashley Judd as, as example, obviously she couldn't legally speak out. And you know, she was originally up for like again, use an example, like the role of Arwen in Lord of the Rings. She was being considered, but just in apparently just in a formal conversation, Weinstein told Peter Jackson, who apparently didn't know anything about this, I wouldn't cast her, she can be the the Scarlet Letter D. Difficult. It's difficult. So one guy says something to another at a party, and they're got, and they might be well-meaning and not know the context of a situation, and they won't hire you. So, how do you, how do you legislate that? It can o- you can only do it by maybe talking about it and having this in the air and making them think: Is there more to this? You know. Yeah. It's is it hard to watch like a Miramax produced film now with Weinstein's name on it because there's so many and. I'm trying to remember the actress who said this, but she said, I'm not going to erase the history of work that was under his name, but I would hold him accountable, I think. I I don't know if I, like, I can watch Miramax movies just fine, but then again, I kind of grew up on some of them. What about someone who didn't, and they know about this guy who produced, like, basically all the movies from that. Like, he, he produced, like, all the independent movies. He ran Hollywood. Do you have difficulty seeing Miramax films now, given the context of the Weinstein case? I have difficulty seeing his name in the credits and, you know, who and just thinking briefly, like who, like, ended their career or uh, what happened to someone on that set or while that was being made. Uh, I mean, I'll have always have different memories of the actual films that have nothing to do with him. And, you know, those performance, it's not like he directed them. He just gave them money. Mm-hmm. I don't think in, you know, um, I know he did have some influence on the casting, obviously, which sucks. But, um, yeah, seeing there, I've actually been to a screening where uh, you see uh, Miramax or you see Weinstein's name and the crowd just boos. <laughs> and I want more of that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing that we need. It's like, again, holding these people accountable and not forgetting 
Like I've, this, he was a, he's a son of a bitch. And now it's, it, it's even more, he's even more so. And now it's like, Oh no, my back, all this stuff. It's like, it's, he's just a giant. Uh, I just could go on with like um, explosives and um, adjectives. I like to, that are very negative that I would say about him, but I'm not. Cause why waste the time? Uh, but for me, yeah, I just want, I love seeing being in a theater and when, Miramax or his names comes up the entire crowd booze. So yeah. uh, my, I love my, the movie, but hate his name. My problem with it is if I see his name there with Miramax, I wonder how many people worked on that film and saw something. It didn't say something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people who in Hollywood mm -hmm. where there was some montage video of like actors and actresses thanking Harvey Weinstein and also making jokes about how confrontational he is. And yeah, it kind of makes you like there, there, there's people who are staunch defenders of Woody Allen who will still work on his movies and he still gets to make movies. Everyone does. Is Hollywood really going to change after Weinstein? I don't, I don't really see them doing that. There's too many variables. Well, hmm, I don't know. The thing is like, you have to, acknowledge anyone who wants to learn about cinematic history like those mm -hmm. movies are kind of a must must watch in a way mm -hmm. but how how i look at it is yeah i grew up on these movies like i have the memories of them and the great thing about art i'm still unsure is that you can create something even if you're a terrible person there's such potential to create something greater and better than yourself and what i try to do is like kind of the same thing when I have the urge to listen to a misogynistic pop song um, mm. is kind of after that, I try to watch, watch, like say, watch something by a woman that mm. was made by women. That's pro pro women. I consider it a form of self-defense because I don't think uh, in my lifetime, I'll ever be able to escape the misogynistic undercurrent of our culture and you know, the racism and homophobia, stuff like that. But now there's more of a choice. I can include more progressive, really good stuff that's worth investing in, worth watching, and worth spreading sp spreading the word about. So yeah. I, so there are ways to kind of defend ourselves. To you know, to use a phrase that might be kind of over dramatic. So I always try and do that. We're more aware because they're not they're not the whole story. They don't define the narrative. Don't let them. Right. We're more aware, fortunately, because of the, these kinds of things that have come up with everybody along the way. But that doesn't mean that it's not still happening. And that is a big problem. How do you stop it? Yeah. Um, you we just have to keep pushing, I think. Just keep and pushing keep in whatever way we can. And you need to keep encouraging people to actually speak their truth. Like, don't feel i know it's frightening and i know you're scared and i know you're thinking hey this person knows more than me or they're older than me and all that stuff if you think something's wrong say it like exactly. i mean and that's the thing it's this it's that you need i know it takes the courage to do it and it's and it's scared believe me with uh, i that's the reason why he always targeted these people these women who were like in their early 20s who were just starting who were just you know as it says in the movie just mm -hmm. just getting their voice 
It's right. like, get your voice, say it and no matter what. Likely to, brain, to blame themselves. Yeah. Because they right. always, they double think, well, yeah, maybe this is something people. I did. Or I shouldn't have gone in this room. Or I shouldn't. It's like, did I lead them on? It's like, no. Because the fact is, if this is an older person, they know better. They know that they shouldn't have done that. And that's what they're, uh, that's what they're counting on is for you to feel that shame of what's going on and don't let them. So that's the thing. It just, you know, make sure people just speak up, um, you know, record everything. Uh, that's another thing now um, for everybody. It's like record everything. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, make just uh, if you feel like something is off, make sure you tell someone document it. I mean, it's documentation. It's everything. You just right. that's the thing. But I mean, there need to be more uh, studio heads that are female. I mean, how many since Sherry Lansing are, are um, how many studios have female studio heads? And not I mean, enough. yeah, mm. I mean, not enough. That, that might not be the whole solution because some studio heads, like there was a round table of actresses that, that were saying like some studio, some female heads are going to be even worse because as women, they, well, they, they more feel like they, hey, I can do this and not and not face consequences because I can always say no, I wouldn't do that to women. They're more interested in those, for lack of a better word, those pats on the head, the, that money, like getting in good with the, with the, you know, the system. Well, it's a power trip. Yeah, it's definitely. And a then power. call them out too. I can only <laughs> imagine. Do you think Hollywood now is? Embracing more female filmmakers, DPs, and producers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Mm -hmm. because like they've started to add more, but it's still prominently a male-dominated industry. Especially it, some, yeah. yeah. And Especially I think some, I'm people, sorry. That's what I think. People are more. I think people in the industry are more aware that they look better if they do get that diversity going. In all realms. I mean, it's not only women and men, but it's, you know, uh, Asian, black, um, Hispanic, you know, the whole thing. But um, it still has a long way to go. And there yeah. are films that are doing all women, and you know, to try and make up for it, too. And we'll have to see how that pans out. I mean, it's right now, I think it's, you know, there are several films out there that are all women, and I think it'll, they're fine. They're excellent. But it just depends on your talent. I mean, let's talk about people for their talent, not necessarily anything else. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. there's... Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I mean, I know The Woman King is, like, killing it at the box office. I know mm -hmm. for me, some of my favorite horror films of the year have been directed by women, and they're excellent. And it's... Right. Um, and that's the thing. It's, like, give these, uh, give these people give every give them the chance it's like you know men have been given these like uh chances at uh huge studio films and franchises and i want to see the same thing happen to women that have that same talent and aren't given that same chance yeah. um and that's and i know a number of studios like uh with certain films i'm not going to name them but i feel like they almost uh purposely implode them like they'll start smear campaigns and stuff like that before the film even comes out to see, you know, like, well, 
we gave her we gave her this chance but look at this it's like the film hasn't even come out and you've like all of a sudden released all this information regarding it that had why would that happen unless you're trying to torpedo it and it's like then why are you doing that and i mean that needs i feel like that happens more to um women directors um than it does to um males and i just like give people the chance like give the people the chance the same to succeed and to fail it's like if we don't do that then you won't know and yeah i just um sorry i'm just rambling now i'm just on (laughs) okay no it's good i like what you were saying i I like yeah all the time. I mean, the backlash to um, "Don't worry, darling" is well. There's holding people accountable, and then there's that. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of people in the industry who, yeah, di- diversity and inclusion is kind of trendy, but I also feel like they're leaning into the backlash because they just don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot I'm... of the movie. A lot of prejudging where reviews come out way ahead of the, like you say, the, then the movie comes out. It's already prejudged. Oh, I, I'm not going to see that. I, I read the review. I'm not going to see that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to judge for yourself what a movie is like, depending oh. on what the subject is and who's in it and so on and so forth. Yeah, because a movie emotionally affects people on a different level. Absolutely. You know, sometimes it could be universal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could just be one person. Uh, it's all dependent on the picture and the material. Like if it's a Spielberg film, uh, probably I don't think everyone will like his newest one, but I think a lot of people. I, I thought it was beautiful, uh, but most yeah, people. Yeah, I like uh, the Yeah, just the music. It's John I Williams' really last it. score. It's his last score, and just like if you listen to the music, because it was uh, from the beginning, it feels like a goodbye letter. When when you listen to the soundtrack, it's like every time I turn it on, I was like walking my dog, listening to Fablemans, and I'm like, I gotta turn this off. I'm gonna start crying in public and look weird, <laughs> just because it's so good. Uh, but I'm wondering because I've had a friend in a very strange situation. She worked for a guy who got me tooed. It wasn't even all in the news, but he did, and because of that, she couldn't find work in the industry. You know, and. She didn't do anything or I don't know what's going on her end, but I'm wondering if there's a lot of people who are going to lose their jobs just be or have lost their jobs, I should say, because they worked for or with Weinstein, even if like they were repulsed by what he did or maybe some didn't even know. I mean, I would say yes. And I feel like there was something that came out that all the people who worked with him, who had the NDAs that they had to sign, who couldn't speak up, mm-hmm. that they had like a um, almost like a class action meeting that's saying like, OK, so can we talk about the things that we couldn't talk about now because we want to get this out? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was one of the things that they brought up. And she said that uh, a number of these assistants that if you f- they found out that they worked with Harvey and uh, then aren't working with him anymore they that was one of the things it's like well why aren't you still working there like that's supposed to be the best place to work so something must be wrong with you and you don't want to get to the fact like oh because he did this to my friend or i saw him did do this or because he apparently has a chronic masturbation problem that he can't um get over which it's like my god what is wrong with you uh i mean countlessly jesus how yeah. much i mean i would think you'd be dehydrated by the amount of times he's had to, he was doing that god and ugh. 
so gross. The fact I can't even, but um, yeah, there's, I mean, all those people. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like um, once a me too, it's almost the repercussions that this is a shitty person you worked for. They did shitty things. So uh, make sure you have some other skill or um, go about that. Uh, if they get booted, then you're going to get um, feel that too. Yeah. One of the, the I think yeah, one of them it was, pains. I think it was uh, oh, more than just the money though. Like yeah. you get access to all these insane premiere parties, all that, just all the access and the, uh, like, ego ego massage that goes with that so right. i feel yeah. like that's another reason why people had all the motivation to turn away yeah so, what are you gonna say when i'm sorry go ahead talking about the movie though one of the most effective things i think was when they went up to the door of the person who was having a party who had worked for him and the former employee and she just closed the door yeah. yep it worked all she did was close the door. it was very effective I didn't think a lot of the things in the film were as effective. I thought that running after, you know, this, this side shot uh, when Megan is going through the newsroom and you're just seeing her run was not effective. I thought it was not a productive scene. Um, I also thought that, you know, there's investigative reporting is a lot of phone calls. And, but I think that it could have been shortened up a little bit and shown a little bit more. Uh, we got the reporter's responses, but maybe seeing the other end or something like it could have made it a little bit more dynamic. I thought it was a little boring to see them on the phone all the time like that. <laughs> yeah. From one to another. I thought that the film could have been a little bit more dynamic having done it myself, but um, it, it certainly is important. And it certainly is something we need out there to show that this is still going on and we got to get it stopped. And I don't know how, you know, it's, we've got lawyers who are working on it, but will it, how, how many more are there out, out there? Yeah. Cause I think we've all worked somewhere where there's this toxic masculine yep. situation. I, I know from working on like when I was just a PA on some films, a lot of guys would kind of have this, weird comparison with each other over how many hours they've worked and you know they just be saying sleazy things you'd expect you know a bro to say and they'd always act like that's all right like the the best that i actually worked on was directed by a woman and it went on to sundance and almost got nominated for an oscar and that was just for like a short film and she was like the best director i ever had um but when we uh do you think we'll ever see a movie on Ronan Farrell's investigative journaling? I don't know if we do, because I feel like this is kind of like the Weinstein movie. And it was like the best way to do because we knew that subject was going to be tackled. We just didn't know if it would be in good taste or not. Um, uh, so with having said that, do you think they will make a movie about Ronan Farrell uh, going after Trump and, you know, they tie it to Woody Allen and all that? Well, first of all, I, I think that, you know, Rona Farrell is an mm -hmm. excellent reporter as well. And these yeah. women, Megan and... and um, Megan Talley and Jody... Jody, Jody. They, uh, they yeah. uh, did something in two and a half years is amazing to yeah. stick with a subject and for the New York Times to let them yeah. go after yeah. it. So, uh, I mean, my hat's off to them because they, they did it. 
And yeah. there's plenty of times when I'm sure they wanted to throw in the towel. I thought they dwelled a little bit on too much on the family life. I think they could have um, tightened that up a little bit. And not that I, I mean, I think it was wonderful what they went through as, you know, starting new families doing it as well. That's, that's not easy. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I kind of liked the family stuff because it kind of personalized. It did. The reason that they're going after Harvey Weinstein. It's like, this is more personal than someone who's doing a story on Watergate or even someone, a group of people doing a story on the Vietnam War. This is something that personally affects the reporters where their lives are in danger, you know, if they don't do what this. I, the, the movie closest to this with journalizing, journaling that I really like is The Insider with Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. And, you know, that movie's also reliant on phone calls. All of them are, because I'm guessing as a reporter, you're always on the phone. But yeah, like dramatically, it doesn't work very well all the time. No, and that no. was kind of like one of my points in my review. It's like, you know, I think this is the most tasteful way you could do the Weinstein movie. We all knew it was going to happen. We all right. knew it was going to come out. But we're like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like an LMN film? You know, where you just have someone doing like an SNL-like impersonation of Weinstein? And luckily, it wasn't that. It was something that was measured. It seemed like it took its time. And it came out you know, to be a difficult film to watch, given how many horrible sexual encounters you have to listen to all the time. But it's certainly an essential one where, you know, you, you can show this to people and prove that some actions do have positive. Right. I have no problem with the, the fact that I thought it could have been tightened up some. Yeah. And the, the perfect husbands that they had were amazing. They, they yep. let them just take off whenever. Mm -hmm needed to to go find somebody um definitely but it wasn't as dynamic as spotlight i didn't think i think it could have been more dynamic and gotten your heart racing a little bit when you know i'm on the chase the the scene where the uh limo comes around the corner as she's walking in the dark was too short it didn't it didn't it didn't wasn't directed well it should have been a slow slow and you know, then she looks back kind of a thing and then maybe kind of slowly goes away and tries to get away without being noticed. I, I just thought it was not quite realistic. Yeah, because as a journalist, I was wondering, like, when you're watching parts, you're like, that would never happen. That would never happen. You know, if you ever had those moments pop up in your head. I thought well, that uh, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe really Kazan... just trying to pull back and just... Oh. And just like show a more re realistic, just a more realistic approach. I think in a way they took their cues from Spotlight, but decided to go quieter. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the thing. It's Spotlight, but it's much more personal to the reporters because as women who are journalists going after a sexual predator yeah. who has a history of... And who uh, had daughters... Yeah. Oh my God. Jesus. Who he might have more, and we don't even know, you know, considering mm -hmm. what he did. But uh, yeah, this is the best route you could take with this kind of subject material. You know, you didn't want to make a movie that had uh, exploitive scenes of horrific on-screen mm -hmm. violence or something like that. Or you know, you could take the direction of someone. One movie. One one idea I thought is they could just make a movie about someone who was affected by him, and you just tell their story. Because of the journalism thing, it feels a little disconnected, although it is connected, if you know what I mean. 
Um, but having mm-hmm. said that, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're, was Lance Marov or Ar- Irving Reitman, the two people who work with Weinstein, bad people? Did they know what he was doing? Because there's that one scene where uh, Jody's talking to Irving at the dinner table and she told him all these things that Harvey didn't and then there was like this smoking gun piece of evidence and then that's when Irving handed the phone over to Jody and he just said do what you want with it like were these guys in bad situations who just didn't know how to get out of it or were they just shitty people for even working with this guy well it was it's like Weisselberg with Trump yeah a lot of the things that were going on behind the scenes probably they probably didn't want to know. I mean, yeah. and and Harvey was getting old. His uh, like um, prestige was lessening just a little bit, and it was right in the middle of this moment where we were talking about this, and people felt genuinely in danger. So it was a great time to do this story when they were most likely probably to say something. Yeah. True, true. When it got to that point, when it goes to court, like like the Trump case did, and like mm-hmm. Cohen and Trump with you know, with Erwin uh, and, and uh, Weinstein. I mean, there are a number of cases like that where they go after the people who work for them because they know where the bodies are buried, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know where the skeletons in the closet are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, meanwhile, you have like the S, remember that SNL skit music video they did about mm-hmm. the harassment? Like, all these big oh. powerful, here's a secret mm-hmm. every girl knows. Oh, this been the damn world. That kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. It's just um, it's just that other people are having to face it. They can't wall themselves off from it anymore about the effect a lot of their actions have or they're or they're less able to. Yeah. So what do you guys think of the performances in the movie? As always, Carrie Mulligan is great. What what was the movie mm-hmm. she did last where she was she Promising Young Woman? Yes. Like she's she's kind Ugh. of on a streak. I love that. Yeah. She was good. I did not like I did not like that one. I loved it. I love that movie. I, I thought it was, yeah, I liked it. I remember I saw it, I'm like, wow. I hate it. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I but prefer that's the great. French film Revenge if you want to see female revenge and stuff and subversion of sexism. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of film criticism and film yeah, in general I guess that's is that we have different opinions and, yeah, yeah. We, see, we all see things <laughs> different ways. And I think if everybody liked the same thing, uh, that would, movies would be pretty boring. Because no, they wouldn't, they'd all be the same thing then. Their performances were really good, and they, and they worked well together. I mean, yeah. they bounced off each other very well. Yeah, Zoe, very well. Yeah, well, Zoe, uh, what, what's her name? Zoe Kazan. Is Zoe, that Zoe? Zoe Kazan. Yeah, she was. Um, mm-hmm. She wasn't as good as Carrie Mulligan, but then again, Carrie Mulligan is. Hey, Minnie, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan is a uh, very versatile actress and you can really get the pain her character is feeling the letdown after everybody elected Trump and like pretty much the whole world just gave a middle finger to sexual harassment suits she brought a lot into her performance Mm -hmm. but she didn't have to be overly dramatic or crying or anything like that Uh, the other one not so much Uh, I like the guy who played Harvey The one I don't know who played um, his lawyer Irving but he did he did a good job, or I shouldn't say Irving, Lance. Lance was the guy. He did a good job at being kind of like, you know, he's a sleazebag, but he's also 
kind of he's kind of nice, you know. He seems like a guy who was just put in the wrong place at the wrong time. But you know, because this is a movie, but really, who stands out are the people who play the victims. You know, they they all have their kind of big moments where they get to tell their speech and tell their speech, tell their story, and expose to the audience what's been happening to them. And a lot of the film is reliant on them, but luckily, it it works out real well. I, I was in, I'm interested in finding out what you thought of um, Patricia Clarkson's performance. I, I thought it was a little laid back for what was going. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of I thought her necklaces her. stole the show more than her performances. Uh, her performance did. Uh, I thought Andre Brower was great. And I want to talk about score. I thought the score for this mm-hmm. was was gorgeous with mm-hmm. the cellos that are both beautiful, yet haunting, yet right. soothing. I mean, it's just so many layers with the score. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance, you know, playing Megan Tui going from getting pregnant with while she's, you know, working on the Trump case. And then he gets elected. She's going through postpartum depression while she's going through all of this, gathering the information about Weinstein and showing uh, that range that she had, but also that scene where she goes off on those uh, jerks in the bar, which has, is, yeah, yeah, which yeah, that was, is was amazing. That's great. That's something yes. that really should be stopped as much as everything else. Just when someone says they're um, busy having a conversation, that's that should be your key to butt out. Yeah. Uh, and I think and, this, yeah, uh, yes, and the other two women have had to. We've all uh, had to deal with that, right? Yeah. The other women. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, it's something I can sympathize with, but not personally relate to. You know. <laughs> But which was the hard part of writing my review. I'm like, oh boy, I hope this sounds okay, you know. But yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, you know, the movie did move along at a pretty good pace. Uh, the performances were pretty good. Um, I don't really have much more to say about this film other than if you want to go see it, I would go check it out. This is the most tasteful way you can do the Weinstein movie, and uh. Mm. Thank you guys for coming on. Was there, uh, oh, I guess when we leave, uh, would you guys recommend this film? I think yes. it's a, yes. Yeah. Most definitely. It's an important yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's an important film that should be seen and that uh, it has enough, it has some performances that definitely could be award worthy. And, but no, it's a topic that should be seen and kudos to Ashley Judd for, you know, portraying herself in this. Cause I know that could not have been an easy decision and, but it's the right decision that she did. So I'm thankful that she did that. It was a gutsy move. Yeah. 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 Well, she, I don't know if she's in Hollywood anymore, but I had this weird moment happen where I was at work and she was doing the speech they show in the movie. Like I am a nasty woman. And then my boss, who's my boss at the time, who was like this ex military tough guy, just said in the other room, Hey, could you put your headphones on when I was watching that? I'm like, okay, that's kind of the mindset a lot of people still have. And we, and it just kind of proved just in a little minuscule way, how much work we have to go forward. But the importance of movies is that you expose just like the journalist does the world to the problems that we face, you know, whether it be sexual predators or war or what have you. 
And yeah, this was the best way to make the Weinstein movie. I keep calling it the Weinstein movie because that's, you know, kind of what it is. It was this movie where we didn't know how it would turn out in the end. We didn't know if it was going to be exploitive. And luckily it wasn't, you know, it was written by the two journalists, uh, Megan Towie and uh, is it Tui or Towie? I, don't know, but I think it's Tui and Joey Cantor. I'm going to have to interrupt you, though, Mike, though. I don't want to call it the Weinstein movie. I, I really don't. This okay. is not about him. This is about the women. Yeah. This is about yeah. the women, and that's why it's called She Said. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but I, his name is just a footnote and should be squished like a bug. Yeah. Uh, but it's about the women who came forward and were brave enough to do that, and that's what this movie is. Yeah. Uh, just wanna just wanna say that. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And uh, I, I guess that wasn't the most well worded way to say it. I was just wondering what the movie about his case would be. And luckily, it's a movie yeah. about the victims and how they finally were able to uh, get justice for all the years of abuse they had to go through. Not only when they worked with him, but when they lost their careers and everything because of him. Uh, but having said that, guys, uh, let's see uh, uh, where can we catch you guys, you guys at? Uh, feel free to plug your stuff before we uh, take off. Uh, Andrea, where can we find you? Well, I do run a film festival, the Film Girl Film Festival, on hiatus in a moment. You can catch my stuff on my website, A Real of One's Own. I also uh, write stuff for Inverse, uh, Wealth of Geeks. Um, and CG Magazine. So, um, yeah, catch catch me on social media at, at A Real of One's Own. That's R-E-E-L or my site, Real of One's Own. I'm, I'm around. Okay. Uh, the Blonde in Front, where can we find you? I'm going to guess the name of the website. but <laughs> Yeah, you can find me on The Blonde in Front on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And then someone on my website, it's kind of having a, it was kind of hacked a little bit, but uh, I'm momentarily putting stuff on there. And then you can also catch me on the podcast for The Blonde in Front of Fear on Radio of Horror and Postmortem Radio, as well as guesting on a number of different podcasts and blogs, uh, you know, around uh, the interwebs and mostly about horror. You'll find me there at any film festival and convention. Cool. And Linda, where can we find you at? Well, Linda and Al Lerner at moviesandshakers.com. I'm also a, a member of Women's Film Critics Circle. International Documentary Association, Chicago Indie Critics, and we have our own YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe. Yeah. Live interviews. We just covered uh, the Chicago Film Festival and the Chicago International Film Festival and um, Austin Film Festival. We still have a lot of interviews to put up, and they're pretty much fun with some of the movies that are coming out now. So, moviesandshakers.com, go for it. Yeah. That's amazing. And if you guys want to find my work, it's at ypareviews.com. The YPA Central, you'll probably agree. Uh, yeah, I did Chicago International Film Festival as well. It was a collection of amazing movies. But yeah, if you want to find me on anything, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, if it's, well, as long as Twitter's still around until it, you know, burns to the ground. Uh well, you can find me at YPA Reviews. The YPA Central, you'll probably agree. Go see, uh, go see. She said it's actually, I'd say, it's a more important movie to see than Christmas <laughs> Story. She, my dog agrees. She see, agrees. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
guys, thank you so much for this. And uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Stay and we'll see you later.